Kansas anymore. Are you ready? No, I'm just getting warmed up. This task was appointed to you. I said I want the truth! I say we take off and nuke the entire site from Dodge that. Hello and welcome back to the BBFC podcast. It's been almost 90 years since the first female examiner walked through the doors of the BBFC in 1932. And since then, we've come a very long way. A Guardian article from last year revealed that in the film industry, only 20% of roles behind the camera in the top grossing 100 films were filled by women, with men outnumbering them four to one. But it's a different story at the BBFC. Currently, half of our leadership team and over half of our non-executive directors are female. Our compliance and education manager is a woman and we have a wide range of women in various roles here, including, but not limited to, our central services team, our compliance team, our finance team and our marketing team. Today, to mark International Women's Day, I'm going to let you meet a few of them. You'll find out what they do here at the BBFC, what interests them about the role they do and most importantly, I'll be asking all of them for their top film picks. If you're interested in the film industry or potentially working at the BBFC, I'll also be asking all of them for their advice for women trying to get into the industry. Every interview I'll be doing today has been done virtually in line with COVID measures. Therefore, the sound quality may differ between the different audios. The first person I'll be speaking to is Murphy Cobbing, our Vice President. Murphy is a former BBC News and Documentary producer. She's also worked for independent TV production company Liberty Bell and the Newcastle Evening Chronicle. Until recently, she was a trustee and vice chair of the Tyneside Cinema, the only purpose-built newsreel theatre in the UK still operating. Hi Murphy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, lovely to be here. It's so nice to have you and hear a different voice from the BBFC that we might not have heard before, so thanks for joining. So today for International Women's Day, I'm asking women from all over the organisation a bit about them, what they do and what advice they have for women trying to get into the industry. So to start off, what's your role at the BBFC? So my name is Murphy Cobbing and I'm one of the two vice presidents at the BBFC and along with Kamlesh Patel I sit on the board of classification with our chief executive David Austin and president Patrick Schwaffer and together we have a statutory responsibility for classifying video content under the Video Recordings Act of 1984 which lots of our followers will be familiar with. They will, yes. I've, I've brushed up on it since I joined. <laughs> so um, what's your favourite bit about your job? Um, my my favourite part of the job is quite easy, really, because it is just the huge variety and diversity of films and content that we have to watch, from cartoon violence in Tom and Jerry, Japanese anime, blockbusters like James Bond, documentaries or small independent foreign language films. For example, I really loved My Life as a Courgette recently, which is a Swiss-French animation which deals with some really complex and dark themes in a children's home. Some of these films I would never have chosen to watch, like the video Nasties or extremely graphic horror films. But then to be able to discuss those films and that difficult content with our brilliant and experienced examiners whose knowledge of film is really unsurpassed, that is fascinating for me. So what led you into this kind of area and industry and what were you doing beforehand? So I've worked for the BBFC since 2018 and before that I worked for the BBC, the BBC as a broadcast journalist for around 20 years. 
And in fact, there are quite a few similarities between the roles. For example, if I was putting a news report together, there may be some images or information that could be distressing that we may not include in live programmes, which I produced uh, a lot. We had to be aware of things like swearing or discriminatory language. And there is, of course, the watershed to consider. So in terms of assessing content and protecting young or vulnerable viewers, there's quite a lot in common in that respect. And I was also a trustee of an independent cinema in Newcastle for many years. So I'm very familiar with the famous Black Card. So thinking about, you mentioned a lot about all the different films you watched. Is there any cinema experiences that you've had that have been really memorable? So in terms of, yeah, I mean, that's a good question. In terms of a cinema experience, I think my... My most memorable cinema experience was probably the first time I ever went to the cinema, in fact. It was the magnificent Odeon Cinema on Pilgrim Street in Newcastle. It was built by Paramount and it was a beautiful 1930s Art Deco building, sadly recently demolished. But it had a vast and sumptuous auditorium with deep red velvet seats and it felt like a really special occasion going there. And it would have been around the late 1970s. I was about I was about six or seven and I was taken to see the Disney classic Bambi. And quite early on in the film, spoiler alert coming up here, Bambi's mother is killed by hunters. And suddenly it seemed that about half the children in the audience had erupted into tears and hysteria and were actually being ushered out of the film by their parents. And I guess what stayed with me was the impact that this one scene had on so many small children, myself included, in the middle of this beautifully made animation. And funnily enough, I've never encouraged my kids to see it and I've never been inclined to watch it again. I don't think I've watched it since I was a kid. I think it's one of those Disney films that can be quite traumatic for younger children. I mean, it it moves on quite quickly and Bambi grows up and becomes stronger and there's a lovely ice skating scene that I remember as well. But I, I, it didn't make me cry, actually, um, hard as nails, but it, it stayed with me. I was, I was quite traumatised by it because I think it was the unexpected nature of something so gruesome happening in, in animation, which, you, you know, you don't expect that. But, you know, it's an old film, you know, people, children dealt with death a lot differently, you know, after, you know, the Second World War, for example. So, you know, it's different times. Definitely. And. Did that kind of alert you to the importance of the BBFC and protecting young children from those kind of things? I think it does. My, my favourite question to ask people is, you know, what is the one film that traumatised you that you shouldn't have watched when you were a child that you did watch either because you were trying to get around the 18 or the 15 you were with your mates? And, and I think everyone of us, nobody hasn't answered that question. Everyone can straight away answer the one film that gave them nightmares for years, whether it be Jaws, and people literally will not go swimming in the sea because they were so upset by that, or people who couldn't sleep for a long time, who had nightmares, who checked under their beds to see if there was anything. And it's irrational, but that is the power of uh, of seeing something that you shouldn't see when you're too young. Definitely. That reminds me of mine, which is The Grudge. And it came out when I was quite young, And my sister loved horror films. She was a bit older than me, so she was okay to watch it. But I was just not prepared for that kind of horror. And um, my sister really clung to that terror. And she did use it to terrorise me for quite some time. There's that iconic noise that the grudge makes, which is kind of like a uh, noise. And she used to sneak behind me making that noise. And she really, she went wild with that. But yeah, it's funny how everyone can think of that one film that really got them when they were younger 
And you're right, everyone likes being scared. I think, you know, the horror genre is fantastic. You know, it's a whole different experience watching a horror film with a group of friends. Sometimes they can be quite comical and you can laugh at the scary bits. I think it's, I remember watching The Shining. You know, I was an adult, I was over there, but I was, I was by myself at home and I thought, I've never seen this film, I'll start watching it. Oh, it terrified me. I thought, why did I watch that by myself in the house? So, you know, these films are powerful and they, they leave an impression. And talking about the power of films, what's your all-time favourite film? Oh, that's such a hard question, but it's a fair question if we work in this industry. But, um, you know, my, my favourite film is an old comedy classic from 1945 called Blythe Spirit, which was directed by David Lean, and it was adapted from a Noel Coward play, which had been very successful during World War II. It was filmed in glorious Technicolor as well, which was a very avant-garde for the time. And the story is that Rex Harrison plays a writer who is stuck in a sort of astral bigamy with his current wife and his first deceased wife. And it's probably not the greatest film ever made, but it's my sort of go-to Sunday afternoon bit of escapism. And I've watched it many, many times and I don't get tired of it. You know, the dialogue is brilliant. And there are three great female leads in Kay Hammond and Constance Cummings who who play the very sassy ghosts. And also the magnificent Margaret Rutherford, who plays the no-nonsense medium, Madame Arcati. She's absolutely brilliant and rides her bike around like a broomstick in a tweed cape. And it was a great role for an older female actor, too. I've never seen that film. I don't think I've ever heard of it either, but I really want to watch it now. You've, you've sent me a very good recommendation. I will get watching. And since it's International Women's Day, this is my last question for you. We're trying to think, talk about women in the industry, how you might get into the industry and things that might help you. So do you have any advice for young women trying to get into the film industry or who have an interest in film? Well, look, it is a competitive industry to get into and you will need passion, persistence and knowledge. And combined with, I think, which is really important, self-belief, which sometimes I see young women and girls don't really have. But it's also important, I think, to reach out to people for advice. Try to find a mentor or anyone connected to the business who can help you. And you'd be surprised how many people will want to help you. And there is no reason why you can't do it. And I will always go back to a bit of advice that somebody gave me years ago, which is if you can't get in through the front door, try the back door. So be creative. That's fantastic advice. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been lovely to hear from you. And hopefully you join us again soon on the podcast. Thank you very much, Megan. Now we're going to be hearing from Faye, who is our Director of Marketing and Outreach. Her remit covers the Marketing, Communications, Education and Research Department. And she's held a number of senior marketing roles in the media industry. Hi, Faye. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Megan. Thank you for having me. It's really nice to have you on here. You're usually behind the uh, scenes doing all your magic with this and making sure it runs nicely. So it's nice to actually have your voice on. Oh, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So can you tell me a little bit about your role at the BBFC? Yes, so I've been at the BBFC for a couple of years, just over a couple of years now. My role is uh, Director of Marketing and Outreach, so I essentially look after all of the sort of public-facing work that the BBFC do, and my my sort of remit covers marketing communications, which is everything to do with PR and social media, and also education and research And what did you do beforehand that kind of led you into this role? Uh, So I have worked in the entertainment industry for over 20 years. So my background is TV, really, and TV TV marketing and PR. And I've worked at a number of big 
sort of multinational corporations. So I worked at NBC Universal for about eight years. I worked at Viacom as the sort of marketing lead on the Nickelodeon brand or the Nickelodeon suite of brands. And then most recently before I joined the BBFC, I was at Vice Media, but always in a sort of TV and entertainment marketing PR capacity. What's your absolute favourite thing about your job? Oh gosh, it's so hard to pin it down. But I'd say right now at the moment, the thing that I'm most excited about to be working on and be getting off the ground alongside yourself and Sarah Peacock, our Compliance and Education Manager, is our brand new youth panel. That's something that I'm really passionate about. I think the work that the BBFC does is really important, but having the voice of youth feed into what we do and making sure that we're, we're meeting the needs of young people is critical to ensure the sort of future proofing of the business. So I'm really excited to be getting a youth panel off the ground in our pilot year. Yeah, it should be really exciting. And we've had so many amazing applications as well, haven't we? I can't, yes, and I can't wait to meet some of the young people that are going to be on our panel going forward. That's something that I'm really looking forward to, to doing and working with them over the course of this year and seeing what they have to say about the range of things that we're going to be talking to them about. So it's super exciting. A lot of what we do as a team is about outreach and letting people know about the BBFC and what we do. So this question is a bit different for you, but what's the one thing that you didn't know about the BBFC before you started working here that you think people really should know? I think the one thing that I didn't know, of course, I knew who the BBFC were and I was familiar with the symbols and and what the organisation does. But what I didn't know, which I think is probably a common misperception and something that we're continually striving to to communicate, is how much in-depth research the organisation does. So really, you know, how much we talk to and are guided by the public is something that I just didn't know. I think I probably thought if I was asked before I joined, the decisions that we make and our classification policies are just made by one or two people based on what they think. And actually, it couldn't be further from the truth. You know, the research that we do and the amount of people that we talk to that guides our policy and the decisions um, really does reflect the shifting views of society. And I just that's something that I just wasn't aware of. And I think the more people that I talk to about it, the more interested they are in that. And it's something that we need to continually do as a comms team to to continually shout about. Because a lot of people will know our research we do every four to five years, the one, the big classification research that informs our guidelines. But we do lots of other bits of research as well, don't we? I don't think many people know the extent to which we are speaking to people all the time. Exactly. And and really, you know, the, 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 the policies and our classification decisions are set by what people tell us, not the other way around. And I think that's sort of the biggest misconception, as I've said, about, about the BBFC. Now we're going to go more into film because a lot of our listeners are big film fans. So I'm going to ask you, what is your all-time favourite film? I don't know. I was thinking about this a lot. And I think when I was young... Probably like most young girls, I was really into sort of musicals and classic musicals. So thinking back to the films that I used to watch on VHS, I was really into some classic musicals. So a Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers film, Top Hat, was one of my favourites. I used to watch that over and over again. There's an Elvis Presley film called G.I. Blues and like The Sound of Music and Grease were also some of my classics. And I, you know, like I say, I watched them over and over again on these VHS tapes. And actually, funny enough, I've got a nine year old daughter and we, we watched Grease together recently. And I think it's a really interesting one now because she, like me, when I watched it as a young girl, didn't really pick up on a lot of the adult themes. I think they passed her by. But actually, she did pick up on a few and it, it resulted in us having conversations that we probably wouldn't have had that were really good conversations to have. So I think, you know, that was just a demonstration to me very recently of how film can be such a good conversation starter, 
particularly with children and in families. But if I had to pick an all-time favourite film, it would be Star Wars A New Hope. Really? I did not expect that from you. No, because, I, I mean, I, you know, that's when I grew up. That was my era, and they were the films that were out at the time, and the big films at the time. And I had an older brother who was massively into Star Wars. So all three of the sort of original Star Wars films, I, I would find it hard to pick between them. But if I had to pick one, it would be A New Hope. Yeah, I'm a massive Star Wars fan. It's funny that you mentioned Greece because I always think that a lot of the times when you watch these films when you're younger, because these things go over your head, you don't realise what's in them until you watch them when you're older. Is there any advice you have for parents who might want to watch an older film with their kids that perhaps they're not quite sure whether it's suitable for them? Well, I mean, yeah, obviously I would say go and look at the information that we provide as an organisation and have a read of the of the either the short ratings or the long ratings info and just... Have a look at whether the themes that are covered in that particular piece of content on that particular film uh, feel right for your child. And and that's certainly what I would do. And and I think it can be a really useful conversation starter to have to sit and watch a film like that and then have the child approach the conversations with you rather than the other way around. And that's certainly what happened with me and my daughter in Greece. And like I say, some some really worthy, worthwhile discussions were had. So, yeah. So finally, because it's International Women's Day and we're talking about all things women in the industry and you've had obviously a very successful career in the entertainment industry, but do you have any advice for any young women who might be wanting to follow a career either in comms or in the film or TV industry in general? Yeah, I mean, I would say someone gave me some advice once early on in my career and it's really a good piece of advice for life in general, but just make as many friends as you can. So use your contacts, be nice to people you know, you never know when someone is going to come come up again in your career or in your in your life. And I think if you can make a good impression and be a, be a nice person and make the, make use of the contacts that you have in the right way, that will get you a long way. That's really good advice. Thank you very much, Faye. It's been really lovely to speak to you. So thanks for joining us. To carry on nicely from Faye, we're going to introduce you to the rest of the comms team. And our next guest is Britt, who is our senior comms manager. Hi Britt, welcome to the podcast. It's lovely to have you here. Hello. Um, You've often been behind the scenes on the podcast, so it's really nice to hear your voice. So what is your role at the BBFC? So I would easily say that I've got the best job at the BBFC. It's, It's mine and my team's job to promote everything that we do. We've been around since 1912, and I think for a long time we were seen as a censor, which is just so far away from what we do. What we do is provide age ratings and guides for parents and families so that they can choose content and they can just avoid watching anything that might upset them. But more day to day, it's mine and my team's job really to make people aware of that information. And I would definitely say that my job is different every single day. Like every single day, me and my team log on and we just do not know what is going to happen. And that's one of the reasons that I really like it, which I'm sure that you'll probably agree with. So just a little bit about what we actually do. We look after the social media channels. So we've got Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Um, So we chat to people on there and promote our content. We create a lot of content. So for the website, like things like listicles, polls, um, all the fun things, like all the rated trailer activities, we, we make those. I talk to journalists about our work. I write press releases and try and get us coverage. We run events. We write and send newsletters. I mean, my job is so varied. It's so, so varied. And obviously I, I work with you very closely, Megan, to produce resources like our movie packs. I help out on the podcast a little bit. So yeah, everything. I'm a jack of all trades, basically. You are. I feel like 
every single aspect of the business you're across in some respect. <laughs> I think that's one of the joys about the job actually. Um, we don't just work with the compliance team, we're not just talking about films, like we work with our new business team, we work with HR, we work with central services to talk to industry, um, like everyone, like we, we work so closely with everybody and I think that is absolutely one of the joys of working in the comms team. So what made you want to work here? Um, so I've got quite a funny little story, actually. I actually had a talk from the BBFC's education team when I was at university. They came in and did a guest lecture. And it I'm not even joking, it is probably one of the only lectures of my degree that I remember because I was just so amazed. And I didn't know that this job existed. Like, I did not know that people can sit and watch films all day and then suggest age ratings. Like, that is the best job in the world. Like, how cool is that job? And... As a very impressionable 19-year-old, I was just like absolutely blown away with it. I'm not going to say the o- opening line of what the talk started with, but she basically said something along the lines of, in the good old days, one F was a 12 and two Fs was a 15. It's not like that now. And then she goes in and she sort of launched into talking about our guidelines research and how we're a trusted guide to parents. I just loved it. And I just thought it was just yeah, really, really quite cool. So I guess that's how I became interested in the BBFC. But I kind of, when I graduated, put that to the back of my mind. I'd, I'd always kept an eye open when I was at university to see if I could become a compliance officer because that's what I thought I really wanted to do. But um, I graduated in the recession and it was, in, it was quite a tough time to sort of get a job. So I sort of gave up, gave up hope really of getting into the BBFC and sort of did all sorts of things. I managed a restaurant. I worked at a PR agency. I worked at health charities and I worked at a homeless charity as well for three years. And one day I was looking Guardian jobs because I was ready for a new one. And I'm not joking. I really thought that my that this job had been written specifically for me. It was it was taking my 10 years of my career that I'd been working on and that I'd been developing at my dream organisation. And I just felt like an excited 19-year-old again when I read the job description. I thought, I have, I have to apply and I have to get this job. And I didn't really think I was going to get it. And I did. And it was genuinely such an exciting day of my life. So you said that this was kind of like your dream company, dream role. Has it reached your expectations? And like, what's the most memorable moment you've had here? It has surpassed my expectations. Like, I love, I love working here and I love what I do. Um, In terms of memorable moments, that's a really good question. I've probably got a couple from the last couple of years. When I first started, my first project I worked on was the new guidelines launch. It happens every four or five years. And I would say it's probably our biggest, like, PR sort of campaign and they were launching I think six weeks after I started so it was a baptism of fire like let me tell you that but it was so fun and it was just such a good way to get to grips with the organization and on the day it launched I was with our chief executive in new broadcasting house doing 15 back-to-back BBC interviews so that that was a really amazing way to start the BBFC and then something else I've really enjoyed working on is the launch of the new symbols So we launched those um, last year and just working on something that was so iconic and is a British institution. Everybody knows the age rating symbols. Everybody has an opinion on them. And just getting to work on a project like that, like a rebrand project, was really exciting for my comsy brain. I'm going to now ask you what I'm going to ask every single person on this podcast today. And that is, what is your all-time favourite film and why? Oh, this is such a hard question. Like, I have been really struggling to think of one because I tend to sort of get obsessed with films briefly and then move on and have a new new obsession however 
I genuinely think that my all-time favourite film is probably My Neighbour Totoro and it's rated U and it is just if you've if if people listening haven't seen it I it's on Netflix and I would really recommend watching it I think you even though it's rated U I think everybody at every age can enjoy it the main character Totoro is this sort of benevolent forest spirit who just brings joy and sort of nature to everyone he encounters and he's just so he's just so cute basically it's just such a lovely film but I think as well even though it is a, a U rated film for for kids I think it, it deals with some really quite difficult subjects so it's a, it's about two young girls who are settling into a new house with their dad and their mum's in the hospital is obviously quite poorly and so it's all about sort of loss and separation and you know finding out who you are and sort of these two young girls like sort of getting to grips with who they are and their journey and how they're sort of like making new friends and you know getting involved in their new life and Totoro is this sort of spirit guide that like guides them through it all and I just think it's wonderful oh it's such a great animation like it's so well made isn't it like so lovely to look at um so my last question for you is obviously it's International Women's Day and we're all about bringing up women in the industry uh what advice would you give to women trying to get into the film industry or perhaps in the comms industry I think what I would say to people is really take advantage of opportunities. I appreciate at the minute now it's 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 going to be a quite a tough time for young people at university, but I think any opportunity you're you're presented with, I think try and grab it with both hands. And the final thing I would say if you want to work at the BBFC particularly is follow our social media channels. Um so have a look at us on Instagram. <laughs> that was a nice little plug there, Britt. Thank you. <laughs> I'm always working. So follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram <laughs> and really look at the sort of content that, that we make and that we write and, and sort of look at our tone of voice, who we're targeting um, and why. And finally, just watch as many films as possible. Like we are a bunch of film geeks, like, and I, I think I think that's not a bad thing either. No, definitely. Oh, thank you so much for joining me, Britt. It's been lovely to hear from you. And hopefully I can get you back on here soon. Mm, we shall see. <laughs> Thanks again. Now we're going to be speaking to Gloria De Piero, who is one of our board members. She was a political journalist for 15 years and has interviewed most senior politicians during that time, including Prime Ministers Tony Blair and Gordon Brown. She was elected as a Labour MP for Ashford and Nottinghamshire in 2010, and she spent most of her time as an MP on Labour's front bench and shadow cabinet. Hi, Gloria. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So today we're speaking to a lot of women around the organisation about what they do at the BBFC, just in honour of International Women's Day. So could you tell me a little bit about your role at the BBFC? I am a non-executive board member at the BBFC. Just got it over, just over a year ago, I was appointed, obviously not a typical year. I'd really like to get to know my colleagues better, but... The pandemic's got in the way of that. Definitely. And we're all working from home, so we've not got to see you too much in the office, which is a shame. But we've definitely done lots of great events with you. So it's been really lovely to work with you this year. What made you want to work at the BBFC? Well, it's ex- it is a really exciting industry. I've never been one for wanting to be on a board, for being on a board's sake. But I thought, well, this is exciting. I would like to learn more about how the business side of things, because I've not really had much experience of that in any of the roles uh, professionally. 
that I've done. So I want to learn about that. But I'm also really interested in the societal change elements of how we classify things and how standards, whether that's about sex or swearing, change over the years. Because it's a really interesting guide to public attitudes at any moment in time and how they change. Definitely. And film is so important. It definitely intersects politics and kind of society and community. And you were the um, MP for the Labour Party for a while. Do you think that's kind of helped you in your role? I think what helps me most in all of the roles that I've done is, is my journalism, really, because I suppose my mind is trained to how can we best get messages out and how can we put them in a way which is simple to understand and exciting and interesting. We've got so much to celebrate at the BBFC that that's what I really feel like I can bring. And I think in any job, actually, for women, that's a really important point to, to know your strengths, learn the things that you don't know so much about because that's valuable and it's interesting and don't pretend to know what you don't know about. So I'm learning lots from other board members who have far more business experience than me. So I don't bring that, but I bring all the journalistic experience I've had over the years. So, but learning such a fun part of any job, that's what keeps enthusiasm alive, um, keeps your brain ticking when it matters. Um, so my next question for you is one that I've been asking everybody, and that is, what is your absolute favourite film and why? Do you know, I struggle with my absolute favourite film. But I'll tell you one that I enjoyed sort of recently, because we watch films all the time. But one that stuck with me, because I'm so outraged that she didn't get an Oscar, was <laughs> Hustlers. How did Jennifer Lopez not get an Oscar? I have no idea. That's a very good point. <laughs> I, I mean, it's still, from time to time, it still annoys me. <laughs> that didn't happen so I really enjoyed that film she was amazing but I feel like films are just like a moment in time aren't they we watch films so much they're such a big part of our lives so you know like at Christmas when my parents I saw my parents self-isolated obviously but my dad really likes watching classic films of I mean they're not really that old now but I suppose we think of them as old but I rewatched Planes, Trains and Automobiles <laughs> on Christmas Day. And it's, it is incredible, actually, how some films, they really don't age. They really stand the test of time. And I just, I wouldn't have watched that if my, if my dad hadn't have been here and suggested it. But I haven't seen it for years and years but it's still, the, the lols keep coming. That's amazing. Me and my sister watched Matilda recently, and that's another one that's just not aged at all, like not one day. Um, I think it was for Pancake Day, because there's that wonderful scene where she's like flipping a pancake and just having the best time ever. Do you have any advice for women maybe wanting to get into journalism or into the industry as a whole? Well, uh, ask questions. You know, if you meet somebody who is in that industry, do not waste that opportunity. If you meet them by accident, then just make sure you, you're asking them for advice. They're a connection, and rightly or wrongly, these things still matter. So I remember when I first got into journalism, someone told me, who'd worked in, 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 in TV, 
said, well, just write to... The editors come up on the um, screen, the credits. So write to the people I was interested in political programs, write to those editors, which the names you'll get from the credits, and ask if you can have a coffee. Now, what, it's no obligation for them to give you a job on the spot, but you've got your foot in the door. Never lose any opportunity to get your foot in the door. And I think, actually, in most sectors, if you are determined enough, you can break through, but don't ever miss an opportunity of finding somebody that can help you or who's been there. It's not always easy, particularly from with people who don't live in London. I mean, I certainly didn't know anybody who had worked in television when I where I grew up in, in Bradford. But if if you don't know anyone, then write into those editors who are on the credits work for me. You're only asking for a cup of coffee and a bit of advice on how to break through. So don't be afraid to do that because if you don't do it, somebody else is probably doing it. Definitely. It's definitely about uh, putting the work in, isn't it? Well, thank you so much for joining me, Gloria. It's been absolutely lovely to hear from you and you've got such invaluable experience. So thanks a lot for joining me. Lovely to talk to you, Megan. Take care. (laughs) Next, I'll be introducing you to our Compliance and Education Manager, Sarah. You might recognise her from previous podcasts. Hi, Sarah. Welcome back to the podcast. Hi Megan, thanks for having me on. It's been a while since you've been on. I think the last one you were on was the one about watching films in lockdown and it's definitely been a while since that one. It has, although we're talking still in a lockdown so it feels a bit bit like Groundhog Day. Oh, absolutely. So we're celebrating International Women's Day today. We've got lots of wonderful women to talk to um, and I really wanted to talk to you because you've got probably one of the most desired roles for film fans ever in that you just get to watch a whole range of films so can you tell me what your role is and what you do on a daily basis sure so my job title is compliance and education manager so at the moment i kind of have a shared role where roughly two days a week i manage our education and outreach work along with you megan and that often entails talking to schools or universities at the moment via video streaming platforms about the work of the BBFC or it could be setting up our brand new youth panel which is something I've been working on today so that's really exciting and then the other three days a week is probably what more film fans would be excited about. My role is to manage along with another compliance manager, the classification process. So what my day-to-day would involve in in that part of my job is reading compliance officer reports and looking at their tags and all the material that they're viewing, reviewing that material and approving it, so classifying it at the particular rating. Or perhaps it could be also involving watching content. So a lot of my job is dealing with material that has been referred by a compliance officer. So they may refer a piece of content because it might be borderline between particular ratings or it might raise particular policy issues um, or it might just be quite a, an unusual issue that we don't see very often. So they might just want to flag to, to make sure that we're aware of it. So. Often my day will involve reviewing little snippets of material here and there as well. Anything that we do review, we always write notes on as well. And then, you know, if I'm lucky, I do get to watch a feature film in full for an advice viewing. Often we will view feature films or, you know, any content, to be honest, often before it's fully locked, so before it's fully finished. Perhaps there's some CGI that's not done, perhaps some of the dialogue's not 
fully settled yet or perhaps it's just in a, in a different edit to what it will be when the film's released and we'll give an indication as to what the likely rating is of the film in its current form yeah often that's part of my job as well that's so interesting how you see films when they've not been fully made yet has there been any like particularly interesting advice viewings you've been to that have had things that haven't quite been done that might have been quite funny or or particularly strange yeah I mean I probably can't tell you what those films are but I would say that we do in my job you do get to see a lot of celebrities in funny green spandex or latex whatever it is suits with dots over their bodies so you know you do get to to see celebs and and famous actors in situations that you ordinarily wouldn't see so that sometimes can be quite fun very interesting so I'm I've been asking everyone this question so I feel like people will be very interested to know this, but what is your favourite film and why? My favourite film is probably Edward Scissorhands by Tim Burton. I, If ever I get asked that question, sometimes you feel as a film person you've got to say something, you know, arty or or really niche, but I just don't care anymore. Like, I just love that film. I absolutely love how it makes me feel. I love how sentimental it is. I love how romantic it is. I love the score. I listen to that score all the time. And yeah, I just love it. It's nice, like, I think it's really nice that within all the film that we see, a lot of people still really cling to their, like, childhood films. Is there any cinema experiences you remember from a kid that maybe drew your attention to the BBFC? I don't think to the BBFC in particular from going to the cinema, just because it was so much part of the fabric of my day-to-day so it was always there. I remember one of my first cinema experiences, I was very young and my mum tried to take me to go see Matilda, the Danny DeVito um, directed version. And we went to three screenings, three different cinemas and it was sold out at every single one. And then I just remember bursting into tears because I couldn't get into the cinema. I was so gutted. Um, and that is, like, I think probably my first, like, film memory. I must have been about six or seven or something. But I think that showed, you know, okay, my mum, she was like, okay, this this girl is keen on, on film and cinema. <laughs> Matilda sparked the uh, interest that's brought you where you are today. Well, yeah, potentially. And what a good film. Like, love Matilda. And um, what advice do you have for maybe younger girls or girls trying to get into the industry on getting into the film industry or... Uh, what tips would you have for them career-wise? I would say just don't stop, don't give up, take every opportunity you can, apply for anything that you can. Um, You know, if there's anything when you're sort of at school or at university or if you're, you know, you just graduated and you're struggling to get that first break, just just take any opportunity and I'd say even if it's not the opportunity you want still take it because it could be a really good springboard to get you into that next job that is specific to what you want to do and yeah just just keep working it's there's always a way to try and figure out where you want to get to in the end great thanks Sarah that's really helpful and it was lovely to speak to you and you Megan now for you to meet some of our compliance officers first I'll introduce you to Verity hi Verity welcome to the podcast Hello. Verity, you're part of our compliance team, which lots of our listeners have lots of questions about. Can you tell me a bit about your role and what you do on a day-to-day basis? Okay, so I'm a compliance officer. So I'm in the team of people that, yeah, we basically watch content and we recommend classifications for that. 
but there is a lot more. You sort of have to familiarise yourself with different policies. You need to be able to apply them. You need to be able to issue cuts, say, if a distributor wants a certain classification, you need to let them know how to get that. We do trailers, everything. So it's very broad, but it is a lot of watching content, but it's kind of fun. You're getting to get paid to do what everyone else is doing in lockdown. Do you feel that because of your job, when you watch films outside of the BBFC, you're thinking about them in a BBFC capacity? I'm finding that my ear for hearing swear words is just, my ears will prick up. Even if I'm having a conversation with someone, if it's just after work, I have to sort of stop myself. If someone says any sort of swear word, something will ping in my brain and then have to remember that I'm not actually on the clock. So So like even in your day-to-day conversations now, a lot of people think that when you become a compliance officer, you're usually like a film student. But can you tell me a bit about how you became a compliance officer and what you did before? So I think that was one of the things that I was most worried about when I applied for the role because I didn't really have much experience in the film industry. So I, my first degree I studied, I did a double major, like the weirdest double major that ever was, film studies and legal studies. Didn't really know where that would take me. But I do remember, because I, I grew up in Australia, wanting to do the equivalent of the job over there but not really knowing how to get to that stage. And then I sort of just forgot about the the film part of it and went and did law. But, yeah, I didn't really have any background in film or anything like this. So my advice would sort of be, like, don't let that put you off getting into the industry because I think what the BBFC was looking for when it's looking for compliance officers is not necessarily film buffs but people that can bring subjectivity and interpret policies differently. So thinking about films and films that you've classified, have you had any memorable experiences classifying films or have you classified anything that you've particularly enjoyed? This is just a film that was really enjoyable but also just one of the easiest things to classify. And it was recently came out in the cinemas last year or I think beginning of last year. It was the new... Emma film, Jane Austen film. It was really fun to watch and I basically didn't write anything down because there was almost no issues except for one scene and we ended up passing the film at you. So I really enjoyed that because it was one of the few times I actually just got to sit and enjoy the film and wasn't frantically scribbling things down and Thinking about that film in particular, I think the ratings info is quite interesting for that one, though, because it's got a scene of, I think the ratings info is natural nudity. Yeah, brief natural nudity. We just There was one scene where you can see a male's buttocks as he's getting changed, but that's it. That was basically the only issue in the film. I've been asking everyone this, so it's only fair that I ask you as well. What is your all-time favourite film and why? I just, I don't have one. I think, like, like I said, I'm just, I'm not, what you would call a film buff at all. So I think I think my favourite films definitely change. I mean, like, if you'd asked me this 15 years ago, my favourite film was Miss Congeniality, I think. Best film. But I watch it now and you sort of think a bit differently about things. But I do really like horror films. I quite enjoy, like, you know, the jump scares and feeling scared and stuff when you're in the cinema. 
Okay, this is going to be the last question for you. Do you have any advice for women who are trying to make it in the film industry or perhaps uh, looking to translate their skills into a role like yours? The advice I would probably give would be to not underestimate yourself because, like I said, I really, I almost didn't apply for the job because I just thought that I was not qualified enough. So I think you just need to learn how to advocate for yourself better because I think women sort of tend to, they are really good at advocating for others and not themselves. So I think for me, just knowing that it is the differences that I have to everybody else that I work with that make me a good compliance officer. So even though I didn't go off and do anything with film, the fact that I went and did law probably works quite well with the interpretation and the application of the policies that we have. And I think the fact that I'm female, that I'm mixed race, like all these things sort of play into it. So play to your strengths and then just try and apply them to whatever role or workplace you want to get into and make them know why they should hire you. Don't don't focus on why you want to work there. Focus on what makes you the best person for the job. That's really good advice. And um, thank you so much for joining Rarity. Hopefully I can get you back on the podcast soon. And finally, to wrap up the compliance team, we'll be speaking to Wallace, another one of our compliance officers. Hi Wallace, welcome back to the podcast. Hello, thanks for having me back. I'm asking everyone here for International Women's Day about what their role is at the BBFC and just a bit about them. So what do you do at the BBFC? So I am one of the BBFC's compliance officers and so it's my job to watch all kinds of content such as film, um, a lot of home entertainment, so there's a lot of sort of TV series, occasional music videos, so there's all, all, all sorts of things. And then I assign an age rating to that content based on our guidelines. And so this sort of gives families and audiences the relevant information that they need so that they can sort of make informed decisions on what they want to watch. Um, And loads of people are interested in how you get into compliance work or why you want to be a compliance officer. So can you tell me a bit about um, why you wanted to work at the BBFC and what skills really helped you in that? Yeah, so I wanted to work here for quite a few reasons, really. And one being that I love film and other media. So that's that's the, the main one, really. I love watching it and talking about it. Um, before I worked here I studied for a PhD in film studies and so that sort of required me to think critically about film you know or TV or anything that I was that was watching and I uh, analysed sort of on-screen identities of certain characters and the women who portray them so I guess I was looking for a job which allowed me to apply my knowledge and also the tools that I'd sort of built up you know and sort of apply them to something practical in the industry so yeah and I also liked the idea of working to help audiences you know make make sort of good decisions about about what's right for them and also particularly parents you know what what's right for their children to watch I think there's something really special about that and being able to to do that and I also wanted to work at the BBFC just because it was such a cool job role. <laughs> um, you know, watching all different kinds of, of stuff for a living, you know, stuff that I might not have come to myself. 
and uh, yeah so that's that's quite a, a privilege really definitely and what has been maybe your most memorable either moment at the BBFC or perhaps experience where you've had to classify something um, I mean, there have been a lot of lot of memorable moments, I guess, but I think one of the most recent ones would be classifying the IMAX submission of Wonder Woman 1984. <clears throat> that was pretty a pretty special moment for me. And it was the first time that I've been to the cinema in quite a while because obviously due to the pandemic uh, and the the ongoing restrictions that we've all we've all faced, we don't go out to to the theater as much. So this was this was a nice trip out and um you know it was all done safely within government guidelines. So it was um that was really special to go and do that. Before you started working here, what was one thing you didn't know about the BBFC that you think people should know? I mean, it's one of those jobs that I guess you sort of, it's almost like you don't know it exists until you kind of, and then when you think about it, it's like, well, obviously someone has to, you know, someone has to do that. You know, where do these sort of age rating symbols come from? But I think one of the things is it can be a, a sort of tricky and complex job. You do have to be objective. So we have to think about the guidelines all the time when we're watching things. Um, you know, and where to position something in terms of age ratings and what's appropriate and what's not for for particular age groups. But my job also requires me to think subjectively as well, you know, um, to consider how something might be perceived and how it might make people feel. Mm. So you do have to kind of, it can be sometimes quite tricky to to bring those two things together, you know, so it does come with its challenges depending on what, what it is that you're watching. But I guess it was something, those two those kind of things were something that I didn't think about before, before I worked here. So I think perhaps that might be, you know, something to say. So what is your all time favourite film and why? Right. Absolutely. Got to be Titanic. Ultimate <laughs> favourite. It's absolutely stunning, you know, both aesthetically uh, and in terms of the romance, you know, the emotion and um, the sort of epicness of it all. But I remember being a teenager and um, almost sort of obsessively watching the sort of behind the scenes uh, of how they made particular parts of the film. And I just, I think it was at that point that I fell in love with film uh, and the sort of the process of it, the mechanics of it, and how that sort of translates to screen. And I think I was sort of mesmerised by every detail and how it was meticulously put together. Uh, and then ultimately how that made me, how that made me feel. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, but Titanic, absolutely, every time. And finally, what advice would you have for any women trying to make it in the film industry or who have an interest in film? I think a piece of advice, I would say that, you know, believe that what you have to offer is needed and is valuable because it certainly is. And I know that's easier said than done. You know, there's, there's obviously a lot of obstacles for people and for, for women but from my personal experience, it is <clears throat> perhaps easier for people, for others to believe in you if you sort of believe in yourself. Just, yeah, just believe in yourself. You are valuable. What you have to offer is. So, yeah, keep, keep, keep plugging away. Definitely. Thanks so much for joining me, Wallace. It's been absolutely lovely to speak to you again. And hopefully we'll see you again soon. Yeah, thanks for having me, Megan. Our final interview is with Vanessa in our finance team. She's also on our wellbeing committee and is responsible for making sure everyone at the BBFC is happy and looked after during lockdown. Hi Vanessa, welcome to the podcast. Hi. 
you've not been on before so it's really nice to hear from you and and have a bit of a different voice on the podcast I'm a little bit excited I never get asked to do things like this so can you tell me a little bit about what your role is at the BBFC Yes, so I am, it's not as glamorous as everybody else probably, I am the finance manager for the BBFC. So what does that entail, like what's your day to day? I mean, we are a small department of three people. There is a accounts assistant and there's a FD, a finance director. So it's all hands on, all three of us are quite We can deal from day-to-day stuff to one-off stuff. I deal with customers. I deal with suppliers. Yeah, internal people, payroll. So yeah, if if it needs to be done in finance, it's most likely I do it in one form or another. Yeah. (laughs) So what did you do beforehand? Did you always want to work in finance? So I've always worked in finance. I went to college and I done a business studies course and under the accounts so you do all these different parts and the accounts and hr section um i got an a star in that part yeah so it kind of i just yeah sort of just went down that route of finance i mean i I just don't think anybody is ever going to say i was destined to be an accountant i think (laughs) it's like one of those things that just happened but yeah it's definitely not something that i can imagine anyone dreams to do from when they're like a young child but you also do other things around the BBFC. So you're part of our wellbeing team. And yeah. you guys have done some amazing things for all of us whilst we've been in lockdown, especially. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, so it was formed, I think, maybe about three, four years ago when David Austin introduced. So we have these like food for thought um lunches i think they're quarterly i'm going to just put it out there maybe that they're quarterly so a few of us have lunch with him and throw ideas around yeah so i just gave the suggestion that maybe we could have so we have our social committee and our social committee is wonderful and that's mostly things that we do like after work and stuff like that and it's kind of like what can we do during the day and I'm always you know you look online and you know you've got a friend that has massages and has this and has that and you're like oh I want to have that as well so it kind of come out from one of the food for thought and yeah somehow I kind of got then roped into actually being on the committee and yeah I've been in the committee since day one since it started but yeah no it's just general stuff sometimes it's ideas that we think of sometimes you know we Um, other members of staff might kind of give us ideas as well but we have fruit in the office we also have sweets I don't know how well-being that is but we do have sweets and chocolate as well in the office I must admit it's made me feel better at times to know that that sweetie bowl is there (laughs) exactly yeah and then you know we push for like sanitary products in the ladies toilets so just yeah just overall things to make you feel a little bit better when you're in the office and then obviously during lockdown we totally totally understand that it's not the best situation for everybody I mean some people do like being at home and for some people this is just like a little bit of a nightmare feeling like you're enclosed all the time so we just try to make it a little bit more better a little bit fun so we've hosted quizzes we have sent everybody a plant because plants are good for you um yeah and sad lamps that's cool so to move on to film because everyone who works at BBC are usually very into film or tv and I've been asking everybody this but what is your all-time favorite film and why 
So it's so funny. When I, when I saw that question, I was like, oh, I want to think of something really profound and I want to come with like this wonderful story of why this film is so touching to me. And then I thought, but then I'd be lying. So I'm just going to tell the truth. And my favourite film is The Jungle Book. I have liked The Jungle Book all my life, basically. And it is literally one of those films that whenever it's on, whether it be even the newer version, to be honest, I actually like that one as well. But the original cartoon, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, it's probably like my all-time favourite film. And a funny story, because it's related to the BBFC as well. So we have a Christmas raffle every single year. And I mean, I've been working at the board now for 16 years. And I remember it was like one of my first ever years. And I think it was like the 20th anniversary of Jungle Book. So we had all of this stuff come in and it was like the film in a special in a special case and I mean I probably got it on DVD about four times because I had like a panic attack that I've lost it so I'll go and buy another one and stuff like that so but what they also sent as well was a five-foot blue and that was as a prize so when they were drawing the prize somebody else won it and they actually saw the disappointment on my face of how upset I was that I didn't buy it. And they gave it to me. So, and I've literally had that balloon all that time. Since then I've had three kids, all three kids have tried to terrorize it. And he's literally still in one piece as well. For all our listeners, me and Vanessa are currently on a Zoom call and Baloo is staring very ominously at me. He looks a bit possessed actually, because of the lighting. He's got like no color to his eyes, just like two white orbs. <laughs> it is a little bit weird it is a little bit weird but yeah no he just yeah I just it's the fact that it's my favorite film and then whatever happens in the future I can always say yeah I worked at the BBFC and I won Blue like and he's my favorite character of all time thank you very much BBFC uh, so I'll ask you one more question which because it's International Women's Day and we're all talking about women and getting into the industry do you have any advice for women who you know, are looking for jobs maybe in the creative industry or who are looking for jobs in general? So I would say that starting at the bottom is not an issue. I think a lot of people just think that they should go in at the highest point or at a higher point, um, let's say. When I joined the BBFC, I was the accounts assistant. I didn't start the job as the finance manager. I didn't come in thinking that one day I'm going to be the finance manager or I'm going to be the, fi- I didn't come to take over the world. Like I didn't come with, but it, it just was, if you are good at something, you will get to where you need to be at one way or the other. Maybe not in the route, that you was kind of hoping to it might take a little bit longer it might even be quicker but you just have to be prepared to kind of grind it's not to say that you have to grind any harder because you are a woman i'll probably give that advice to anybody but it sometimes it might feel like because you're a woman it might feel like it's a little bit harder but everybody gets their moment, I say, and everybody will shine. So you will find something that you like and you will just flourish once you find it, but it might not come that easily, but it will come eventually. 
Great. Thank you so much for joining me, Vanessa. Hopefully I can get you back on the podcast again now you've had a taste for it. I know, I know. I might be banging on your door, Nick. Well, the next podcast episode is actually just going to be about finance. So, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Thank you so much, Vanessa. No problem. And that brings us to the end of our International Women's Day podcast. I hope you've enjoyed meeting all of the wonderful women that work at the BBFC. If you've got any questions at all or wish to get in touch with us, you can drop us an email at podcast at bbfc.co.uk or you can get in touch with us on Twitter, Facebook or on our Instagram. Thanks again and goodbye.